Great to be with you on this Lord's Day as we uh, turn to second, or first uh, Peter chapter 2. As we just read there from Psalm 135, you know, there, uh, you know, if you look at the Old Testament, we think of idols and we, you know, shape something out of stone or something out of wood, and then we bow down to it, which it cannot speak, it cannot hear, uh, it cannot see. You know, we say, well, what a preposterous thing. And yet, you and I are idol makers. Uh, we put our hope in that which is in this world, which is hopeless. So, uh, let, let me remind you, I mean, I've, this is my third time to be with you, and I'll be with you uh, the third uh, Sunday in May, and we'll finish up chapter 2, but First Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, it reminded us that the only hope that we have is in Christ. It's, if, if your hope is anchored in something in this world, and the reason I'm focused on this matter of hope is that uh, folks have been looking for hope in our culture. You know, think about what's happening in uh, the war there in the Ukraine as COVID and people are, try, are looking and searching for hope. So, is your hope anchored in something other than Jesus Christ? And then chapter 1, verse 13 to the end of chapter 1, uh, the false hope of anchoring our hope in the good life. The good life is what you can achieve or what you can accumulate. And certainly here in the United States, we who have been blessed abundantly, it's very easy to get into the good life. And yet that is something that uh, as soon as we die, it's all gone. And why have we accumulated these things? And so today we're looking at hope found in Christ's church alone, in Jesus alone. What group do you look to that gives you a sense of belonging, a sense of identity? And that's what we're looking at as we read chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Listen to this reading of God's Word. So put away all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you 
are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the scriptures. We thank you that they outline the hope which can never be taken away from us. That the Lord Jesus, God the Son, was given by the Father and that he left heaven, he left home to rescue us. To rescue us from sin's power and from its penalty and, and on Easter Sunday when he was resurrected, Father, we thank you that he is our hope. And Father, we thank you that you've conquered death. We thank you that you will come again, that all of the things that have been broken by sin will be restored. And Father, we will experience life as it was intended to be. So Father, we pray for each of us. Meet us by your Holy Spirit and by your word where we are this day. For we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. In the April 20th edition of the New York Times, it had a front page headline, was loneliness. And then in the op-ed section, it had an article about how loneliness is damaging our health. I mean, even before the pandemic, it suggested that there was an epidemic of loneliness. And now it's affecting our health or even our life expectancy. I mean, therapists in New York are, are just absolutely filled, and that is true throughout the entire country. Now, why is loneliness such an issue? It's because you and I were created in God's image, that we were created so that we desperately desire relationships. You know, as Augustine said of God, you have made us for yourself and restless is our heart until we find our rest in thee. But we also find in Genesis that it is not good for man to be alone. And so God made us to need relationships because we're created in the image of God. But it's interesting how sin has a tendency to destroy relationships. Um, you know, let me give you a, just a brief survey, uh, and, and some of this will go before a lot of you folks were alive. But, uh, you know, most of our TV programs, the sitcoms, historically have been about belonging. In the 1950s and 60s, so that rules a whole bunch of you out, but I can tell you, it was Ozzy and Harriet and Father Knows Best. I mean, you belonged in a traditional family. And then, in the 1980s and 90s, when we sort of moved away from the traditional family and there was more divorce and brokenness in our families, uh, it was cheers, where you belonged at the local bar and everybody knew your name. And that was the community where you belonged. And then in 1989, Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer belonged in that inner circle in Seinfeld. And then, in 1994, Friends, which I think ran for about 12 years, was the family 
that those folks did not have because they came from broken families. And so this conglomeration of friends became the family that they never had. And so the point of all of this is just simply that the themes of so many of our sitcoms are belonging, whether it was in a traditional family or a community or even later on uh, in blended families. But it's so easy, so easy because we are idol makers to make belonging the, an end in itself. To belong in a group. I mean, think about Facebook and Twitter. I mean, that is very much a part of what is going on. So what gives you a sense of belonging this morning? Is it Christ and His church? Or have you settled for something that's a substitute, which is an idol? So first of all, let's look at we desire to belong. I mean, that's a reality. You and I desire to belong. Uh, why is that? Let me give you a couple reasons. First, belonging is a basic human need. A uh, Abraham Maslow, a psychologist, has developed a hierarchy of needs, and he said that belonging is so essential that people, that it, that it actually is just barely below human survival needs of health and safety. And he suggests that we will, to, to, to belong, that we will even move to a lower position in a group rather than leave the group. Just simply to belong. But why is belonging such a basic need? It's because you and I were created in the image of God. In the image of a God, a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who existed in an eternal family. And so God created us so that we need both God and people. Genesis 2.18 says, God said, it is not good for man to be alone, uh, and I will make a helper suitable to him. I mean, it's the first malediction, the first negative word. It's even before sin enters into the world. God acknowledges, because we have been created in His image, uh, that we need companionship. And so God created Eve for Adam out of his rib, uh, and he brought her, uh, Adam, uh, Eve to her, and he says, a man will leave his father and mother, be committed to his wife, that's wedding, and then the two shall become one flesh. The man and his wife were naked and felt no shame. And so belonging in a family or in a community is the way God created us to be, it was the way it was from the beginning. But... When centered into the world in Genesis chapter 3, uh, suddenly it made us outsiders. I mean, re remember how it goes. I mean, first it's not good for man to be alone, then God makes Eve, uh, brings her to him, and he institutes marriage, but then Adam and Eve disobey God, and they are cast out of the garden. And so we are outsiders. See, belonging is, is such a difficult thing now today for us in a sinful world. It's a, it's a love-hate affair. I mean, we desire it, uh, but we're afraid of it. Uh, we're so filled with shame and guilt. You know, I, I had this sense that maybe you might, if you really got to know me, you might not like me. And I think all of us sort of struggle with that as we get close to people, and it's a good thing. So we desire to belong to a group that will that will not leave us. And that 
is also what happens in the church. But the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, encourage you to maybe even read that this afternoon, it tells us about people willing to do anything to belong. It says there, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered. See, this is an effort to gain community without God. I mean, they're willing to do anything so that we will not be scattered so that they can have community. So God came down and what did He do? He confused their languages, scattered the people throughout the earth, and we have all the different languages today. See, there can be no belonging without God because He's the one that created us and He brings us together. And so the good news is that God did not abandon Adam and Eve. He did not abandon Abraham. He has not abandoned you and me. What did He do? He, he sent His one and only Son. He sent His very best, one of the Trinity, to come and to rescue us that we might belong in God's forever family. But how did that church begin? You know, the church began not in Acts 2, but it began in Genesis 12. And what did God say to Abraham? He said, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. And that was through the Lord Jesus, who would be a descendant of, of Abraham. See, the reason there is a church today is because Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees. Now you think about that. He left his family, he left his country, and, and he didn't even know where he was going, and God says, but I will make you a blessing to all people. He had to leave to include other people, even our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Genesis 15, uh, God takes Abraham outside at night, and he takes him out, has a little bit of stargazing, and he says, count the stars, if indeed you can, so shall your offspring breathe. The, the, the promise of growth began with Abraham leaving that others might be brought in. See, we must leave the false hopes of belonging found perhaps in country, even in nationalism, maybe in family, even political party, or any group, anything that becomes more important to us than the Lord Jesus Himself. How then do we belong? Well, secondly, we belong through Jesus, the living stone, rejected by men. Notice verses 4 through 8. As you come to Him, that is to Christ, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. Whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And 
a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. See, the reason we desire belong is that we were created in God's image, but sin has made us outcasts. And how do we belong and how can we be God's instruments so that others belong as well? Isn't it interesting? We, we can be so consumed with our belonging that we have a place that we forget about our neighbors and friends who don't have any sense of belonging. Peter says, consider Jesus as you come to him. Remember who he is. What he experienced, God the Son left heaven. He left his Father and the Son. And he came to this earth on a mission of mercy so that you and I might belong in God's forever family. This is the gospel. And the image that Peter is using here in verses 4 through 8 is the image of the temple. I mean, think about the temple. The temple gave the people of Israel a sense that God belonged. The Shekinah glory was in the inner sanctuary. And then you had the court of the Jews, and then you had the outer court, but the gen where the Gentiles are. And most of us here this morning are Gentiles, I suspect. And so we were excluded, but it gave Jews a sense of belonging. See, Jesus is the living stone. In other words, the means a specific article. It's a genuine article. He's one of a kind. Jesus is the way that you and I belong. And he was the living stone rejected by men. You see that in verses 7 and 8. See, the living stone is Peter's image of a stonemason taking stones and building a temple. You think about that. What would the stonemason do? He would pick up one stone. He would have look over it, and he said, okay, that'll work, and then he would reject another one. Jesus was rejected that you and I might belong in God's forever family, the church. Think of what it says in John 1.11. Jesus came to his own, and his own people received him not. He came to the Jews, but he was rejected. And Jesus was crucified outside the city walls of Jerusalem. It was a way of saying, you don't belong here. We, we, we disown you. Jesus was rejected by the Father as He knew no sin became sin for us, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, Jesus was rejected so that you and I might belong in the church. But that's not just simply an end in itself. What about others? See, there's only two responses to Jesus according to verses 7 and 8. Either we reject Jesus, uh, the response of those who do not believe that we stumble over the stone, the living stone, Jesus, or we trust Jesus Christ. Whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. In a world that's filled with shame and fear, this is a wonderful promise. Only Jesus makes us belong. What an incredible gift. And that is something that no one can take it away from you. So the Gospel is that our response to Jesus' life and ministry are summarized in John chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. 
It says, he came to his own, but his own received him not. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God, born again by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is how we belong. And so we receive him, what? By repenting of our sins and embracing Christ trusting in Him alone for our salvation. And then we become God's adopted children with all the rights and privilege of children who are in God's family. And so God graciously took the initiative to call Abraham to Himself and later, as we do. And that brings us to a third thing. We believers are to be living stones rejected by people. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like rejection. I suspect you don't either. But we see that if we have repented and trusted in Christ alone for our salvation, our experience may have a similar parallel to Christ's experience. John 15.8, Jesus said this, and I quote, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as your own, as it is, You do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And so it raises a question, if we never experience opposition or any kind of rejection because of us being a Jesus follower, could it be that we really have kept our light under a bushel? See, when we are like Jesus... Living stones, verse 4 says, we will be rejected by people. Notice it says, as you come to him, Jesus, the living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and so forth. See, our belonging must never be anchored in whether people receive or reject us. And that's why Abraham was told in Genesis 12, Leave your, peop- your country, your people, and your father's household and go to a land that I will show you. See, God calls us to leave our need for acceptance, approval, belonging to anyone other than Jesus. It's his verdict on us that's the only thing that really matters. And that would give a- will give us stability in life. See, seeking approval from people around us is always a false hope. And I would say particularly to us as Christians in a culture that is growing increasingly hostile, uh, we tend to not let our light shine because we don't want to be rejected by people around us. So we may be rejected by people, but the second thing is in Christ we are what? Chosen and precious. That is what you and I need today. This is contrary to the voices that are inside us and the voices in the world around us. I mean, the voices say what? You know, our own sinful flesh is saying, you know, you're no good. I mean, how could God ever love you? How could God ever use you? See, what makes us belong? Becoming unconditionally loved and accepted by Christ. We struggle. I struggle to even believe this myself at times. But this is an amazing thing, is that God loves us like he loves his one and only son. 
So the Lord's table, as we gather around it from time to time, is a reminder what, that you have a place at the table that has been prepared through the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means we are chosen by God. Notice verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, the wonder. The wonder is not that God chooses some and passes other by. The wonder of wonders is that God chooses anybody. I mean, it's amazing. Because God is perfect, you and I are not perfect, and, and the wonder of wonders is that God chooses anyone. We have no ground for pride. We are broken, imperfect sinners. We are unworthy. God did choose us. In Deuteronomy 7, he says, I set my love upon you even before the foundation of the earth. I mean, this is amazing. This is before you and I were able to do anything positive or negative. This is unconditional love. We are chosen by God. See, it's not that you and I chose him, but he set his love and affection on us. And we then are living stones being built into being a spiritual house, God's family, which means we belong. Peter wrote to the Gentile and Jewish believers, most of us are Gentiles, and yet Jesus shed blood. We have a status that allows us to function as kingly priests. God's living temple, the church. Think about that. You are a royal priest. You who are a Gentile, you who were excluded, you who didn't belong in Israel in the Old Testament. See, what, are, what do priests do? I mean, they, they connect outsiders with God. You, an ambassador, great name. I mean, you are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal through you. Are you fulfilling your ambassadorial responsibility? Christ making his appeal through you? See, you are a royal priesthood. But you are also a holy nation. Uh, we are holy because God is holy, uh, but... Is there something that's so uniquely different about you by the way you live in your neighborhood, by the way you are in the office, the way you are at school, that folks say, you know, I can't figure this guy or this gal out. That should be the wonder of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And then he says, not only we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, but he says, we are a people belonging to God. This is lavish Old Testament imagery. I think in Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, God says, you are a, a royal priest. He says, you are God's treasured possession. And treasured possession means movable possession. You know, think about that. When they were nomads, you know, there were, you could build a house but you didn't move the house. But if you had a tent, or if you had herds, you could move your herds with you. See, what, who are we? We are God's movable possession. He has put us in relationship with different people that, we, that others might belong to him and that you might be the instrument of that. See, we are a chosen people. We belong to God, and it's only by the grace of God.
But verse 10 in conclusion reminds us that it's through Jesus that we belong. It says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The point is, we, we were once outsiders. We were excluded. Uh, you know, the flaming sword there in Genesis 3 kept us outside so that we could not have fellowship with God. But Jesus came and he was rejected that you and I might be included. He became our substitute. So the question I ask you this morning, and what outsiders are you making room for in your relationships? Because the church, if, you, if, if it's just simply you're finding yourself here, and you say, well, I'm taken care of. Well, what about the rest of our friends and neighbors who do not know Christ? Many of you do not know personally, but know about uh, Michelangelo, the master sculptor, who created that 18-foot statue of, of David. Every year, uh, millions of people see that in Florence, Italy. But did you know that that piece of marble was a reject? Classic uh, sculptors, great ones like Ducio, Bartolino, Rosalino, rejected that piece of marble. They said that that block of marble, which David was sculpted out of was filled with too many defects and they all rejected it see that is often the verdict of our sinful flesh that's even the verdict of the world on perhaps your life and my life uh, we're rejects we're outcasts we don't belong and yet the gospel tells us that God the Father set his love on broken sinful people like you and me gave his one and only son for us. And see, this is the wonder of wonders. The wonder of wonders is that the master sculpture loves us, sent his one and only son as our substitute, and chisels out of a defective piece of marble, which is you and I, in our sinfulness, out of the ashes of our brokenness, a rejected piece. He makes us into a masterpiece of his grace and mercy. Verse 10 says, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And one of the marks of God's craftsmanship and the work of His Holy Spirit and Word in your life and my life is that we will have a passion to include other people because we have this incredible gift of belonging because... Christ gave his life for us. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for the amazing reality that Christ came for us. That he was rejected for us. That we might belong. And so, Father, we thank you that we belong. Thank you that for the privilege that we have of being a part of Ambassador Presbyterian Church. But Father, we would pray that you would put it on our hearts, our neighbors, our friends, our fellow students that uh, don't know Christ, uh, who suffer from loneliness, and that they might have the great gift that we have, all by your mercy, that you have included us in your family, that you've given us the right to be adopted sons of God. 
So, Father, bless this congregation. Be with them, for we ask this in Christ's name.